I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Sounds to me like someone's trapped inside life's most complicated shape, a love triangle. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the bonus boy, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Bonus pod. Let's go. Let's go. And we have a schedule today. Coming up on today's pod, we're going to tell you win or loss for every single game that has been scheduled for the Mavericks this year. We're going to tell you, we're going to predict it all, what the record will be after a month, what the record will be after the first week. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. That's not what we do. I hate that. I think that's one of my my biggest pet peeves. We go on this rant every single year. One of my biggest pet peeves (laughs) when people look at the schedule and try to say, well, that's a dub. That's tough right there. That's three losses. I'm like, I hate it. And if all years, of all years to not do it, it's this year. Don't do it this year. <laughs> don't. Whoever's listening, please. don't do it. Please. Just don't do it. None of the pods. Please. If any of you Mavs pods, other Mavs pods are listening to us, please, any of you, don't do this. It's not worth it. You don't, can come up predict. with other ideas. You can steal some of our ideas. <laughs> don't do it because it's not worth it. Yeah. So on today's show, we're going to be breaking down the Mavericks first half schedule. We got about 37 games or so to, uh, to talk about. Let me tell you. The Mavs are going to be on your televisions a lot, especially if you have basic mm. cable. They're going to be on your television a Don't lot. Don't talk have, about being on my TV. I was going to say, if you have YouTube TV, maybe not so much. What are well, we doing, but, guys? No, but Listeners, this is beneficial. The national TV games are beneficial to YouTube TV people because even if Fox yeah. Sports Southwest is taken away, which it is, then you'll still get the game. You'll, you'll still get the national TV games. So you'll get about yes, it. I can't wait to listen to Chris Webber. <laughs> Well, I'm not done. And then we're going to talk to Trey Burke and James Johnson. So you'll hear from them on media day. Bunch of good stuff. I mean, James Johnson just came out and he's going to be a fan favorite just already. I mean, it seems like he's making a, you know, good impact in the the locker room. And, you know, he's just he came in kicking and screaming, ready to go. I'm ready to order my jersey. I'm (laughs) I was all in on James Johnson in Dallas today like media session and ask him a question talk like I'm I'm all in even more if that's possible. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right, you want to get into the schedule or did you have did you have one more thing before we even started? I felt like you had one more thing. No, something about the schedule but I can't remember. I'm sure it'll come out. About national about YouTube TV, national TV games. Uh, I'm just pissed at YouTube TV. I know it's more of like a Sinclair thing. It's not a YouTube thing, but I I mean Sinclair sucks there, for many reasons. <laughs> yes um i'm just trying to figure out like what to do are we are we all in dallas about to drop 90 dollars a month on this at&t thing um we love youtube tv but i don't have an extra 90 dollars a month to just drop on at&t so can we combine the, can the raccoon squad combine forces and like share accounts <laughs> we just have one we just have one, <laughs> we have one password lockdown <laughs> we should do that we should okay what we should do we should set up a, an account with a Venmo, right? And then just the Ooh. locked on the the Raccoon Squad can drop money in there, right? And if it yeah. runs out and and nobody can watch games, somebody has to fill, you know, somebody has to go in and and send money to the Venmo. I'm about to start a Patreon just to afford <laughs> AT and T now, just to be able to do this podcast <laughs> to talk about the games. 
Oh, no. Anyway, we'll figure out a way. I thought you were, get, I, I thought you were getting paid to be a trader and go on that other podcast. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do get paid to do that podcast, too, so uh, <laughs> it's fun to uh, get paid to do pods. Apparently, two kids is expensive. Uh, that is that is 100%. 100%. The amount of uh, food that my two-year-old son eats is Quite impressive. <laughs> all right, let's get into the schedule. So by now you've seen it probably, and you've, you've looked through it. You've seen all the – man, shout out to all the other teams besides the Dallas Mavericks that had really creative ways to display their schedule. Uh, the Wizards the Wizards had uh, Wolf Blitzer. Freaking Wolf Blitzer and John King doing the whole yeah. election map. That was awesome. The uh, Who was the team? The Heat had the CVS receipt. That one was cool. You sent me the Jazz one, which was like a video game. That was pretty cool. It was like an 8-bit video game. So a lot of really cool stuff. There's a bunch, the of, bunch of other ones. Oh, the Bulls, Bulls had, had that. Benny the Bull. Yeah, that like stop motion, uh, like Benny the Bull bobblehead thing. So, All right, Mavericks, first four games. At Phoenix, at LA. We knew those already. Then at the Clippers. What a, let's just start there. I mean, the starting three games for the Mavericks, that's a test right there. And you know for sure they're going to be out, that Chris Alps-Porzingis is going to be out for those three games. And then the thirtieth for Charlotte as well. That's the first home game. That's the first game that's only on Fox Sports Southwest, by the way, that you're gonna miss if you're uh, if you're not on our Venmo YouTube TV idea. <laughs> now, well, what do you I, think about those first Clippers, three games? You knew the Clippers game was gonna come uh, right, or like you knew that was gonna happen the same trip because yeah, uh, when you look at you know this is the only time they're going to L.A. So you knew it's at least at the beginning. Until yeah, for this first half of the season. So you knew the Clippers game was going to be right there, game three or game four. I just didn't know if they were going to do like a, a back to, you know, back to back with the Lakers and then to do the Clippers or I didn't know if they were going to go and hit Golden State on the same day, something like that. But yeah, they, they hit the Clippers right after the Lakers. And I mean, you look at those first five games, you play both the teams that were in the finals, yep. the Lakers and the Heat, and you play the team that a lot of people predicted to be in the finals. <laughs> the Clippers um, three out of your first five games are those games. And then obviously the Suns, uh, your first regular season game of the season, a lot of people are looking forward to them and projecting them as a playoff team. So um, no easy, easy path at the very beginning, especially without KP, but we're not going to say and predict wins or losses. Though. I was going to say, you want to go ahead and tell me your, your win loss prediction at that point. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a huge test for the Mavericks. I think that these first five, and I think, let me be the first to say the sky is not falling. Even if they lose, I don't know, four of these games, right? No. I mean, yeah. the sky is not, it's, they're going to lose that first game to Phoenix and everyone's just going to freak out and it's, it's going to be okay. Right. Like it's going to, it's going to be Phoenix okay. always plays Dallas really well though. Mavs lost twice to the Knicks last year and still made the playoffs and were the seventh seed. So don't forget what that. What about those Knicks losses, though? <laughs> hey, let them hold. Let the Knicks hold on to those losses. Man, remember we used to talk about that all the time? That was about a year ago now. Think? But will, will LeBron be playing for the Lakers? Yeah, maybe. In, you know, in that, in that game on Christmas Day? We don't. I would assume he will because it is a Christmas Day game. Um, I would assume that, but you don't know. And it's got, I mean, Gordon Hayward in Charlotte. That's a big time. Anyway, I can't. Luca versus Lamelo might be a little fun though. I think it will be fun. I think Lamelo will be fun to watch. It'd be fun to see Lamelo guard Luca. <laughs> yes, that would. That, be that'd be fun for different reasons. Okay, so the big thing that sticks out to me is sixteen of the thirty-seven games. We only have thirty-seven, by the way. If you guys are confused by that, you know they only released half the schedule. So, but sixteen of those thirty-seven games are on national TV, whether that's NBA TV, TNT, ESPN, or TNT. 
Uh, man, that's a ton of games. They're really pushing the Mavericks. I think the Pelicans, I think I saw, had 18, so they have more than the Mavericks, but they're really pushing these young guys. And I talked about this with Ben Golliver a little bit. The Mavericks are really pushing these young guys early. Like, or the, not the Mavericks. The NBA is really pushing these young guys early and on national stages, and they're trying to get the next generation of of you know fans to to see these you know these guys early. And uh, Golliver had a really good point that the NBA missed their their chance with Giannis. It feels like it feels like they they missed their chance to like push him as this rising kind of star. And it seems like the moment's kind of already passed him in a way, which is so weird. But it, everything just moves so quick. You have to you have to lay the groundwork first before somebody becomes like an MVP for everybody to understand and know who that player is. And I like I use my wife and my my uh, family as like a litmus test. I say, well, do you know who Giannis is? And like, no. Have you ever heard of the Greek Freak? No. Do you know who Kawhi is? Like, no. You know LeBron? Yes, you know LeBron, right? So you start like trying to figure that out. And I think they're starting to push Luca and definitely Zion. They know who Zion is, but yeah, you know he well, he already comes I- with that notoriety already. I do want to push back a little bit on the Giannis thing because Giannis's beginning was so much different than Zion and Luca. We saw YouTube, Instagram clips of Zion forever, and then it's we didn't see that with Luca. We did a little bit, but like Luca was for him. so, yeah. But Luca was so good, so quick. That's what made his. You know, it took Giannis time to get where he's at now, to where he was so young. So I think that's a little bit different than Luca and Zion. That was that was Ben Golliver's point. He went on to say that was one of the reasons why is because they didn't know what they had with Giannis. Right? He you know kind of yeah. became not necessarily overnight, but it took him a little while, and he was like completely irrelevant the first couple of years. Anyway, Mavericks. Any any games that stick out to you? I mean, we're not going to do the scheduled prediction thing, but a lot of national TV games that stuck out to me. There's a lot of, you know, like they play Golden State. They play Golden State in February 4th and 6th, you know. Yeah, uh, at home. At home on TNT and ABC. <laughs> I mean, if, if, <laughs> that's going to be really, really interesting to see, you know, play a team like that basically back-to-back in uh, both on national stages. Yeah, so two two big things that uh, schedule in general. One, teams are getting a decent amount of back-to-backs, right? I mean, in this first 37 games, I'll just off the top of my head or the quick glance, I, I seen five. Uh, there could be more than five, but they're getting a decent amount of back-to-backs. I saw Brian Windhorst talk about this on the jump, just how teams might be handling this back-to-back stuff and the schedule compared to previous years. You might see a little bit more load management. You might see some guys sitting out a little bit more, especially at the beginning with some of these back-to-backs. But I think there's something specifically with the Mavericks that I think is kind of cool to look at too. Well, cool, but more like convenient. I should take cool, replace cool. The fact that one month in January is predominantly on the road. Uh, February, 10 out of the 14 games in February are all at home. Okay, well, if we don't have fans at the beginning of the season, then it does benefit a little bit that your home month, if we want to say a home month, is you know a little bit later. If you had if you had to pick a a month for you to be on the road the most, it would be like early on to where there might not be fans in arenas. But like let's say fans are not in arena in the whole uh, month of January, but they are in February. Well, I feel like that could be a ben- you know a benefit to Dallas. It's like all right, well we've been on the road when no one's had fans, but now we get to come home and that's when fans will start being allowed back in arenas. I don't know, but I'm just saying. It, it could work out that way. And just the whole travel aspect of it, right? Like, we heard from so many coaches and players and stuff why travel was such a big deal in the bubble, right? They didn't have travel, and so they were able yeah. to play so much better. And even, the, the like, the first two road games, 
in February. So they play Phoenix the first game, at Atlanta the second game. Atlanta, like that's not that far from, from Dallas. And then the other one is at Houston on February 19th. They go from February 1st to February 25th without leaving like this little like Texas, Georgia little area. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's not a lot that they have to travel. And there's a bunch of home games in there. So that could be a really good month. And Porzingis should be back fully healthy by then too. So they should really like kick February's ass, right? <laughs> that's what we really hope is that, you know, if you're just looking at this, trying to figure out, you know, and, and gauge the, the schedule. All right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about the schedule, hit a couple more points that we want to talk about, and then we're going to hear from Trey Burke about James Johnson, had a really good quote about him, and hear why Dallas was the number one priority for him. We'll hear about that coming up. All right, Isaac, anything else in the schedule that really stuck out to you? We, we talked about January. There's a lot of – it's really road-heavy. February is really home-heavy. We really think that that can benefit the Mavericks for sure. Uh, I'm interested to see the, the back-to-back stuff. They're definitely, I mean, Porzingis is going to be tentative in back-to-backs, right? I mean, I, I would almost put him as a lock to not play back-to-backs, at least yeah. for this this part of the schedule. But it'll be interesting to see how they respond, especially if a bunch of players are, you know, missing here and there because of COVID. And, you know, if the Mavericks start out slow, like how, you know, if the Mavericks are not making the playoffs at the beginning of the season, right? Like they're not in there. And then all of a sudden, like you have some back-to-backs, but does that change any, any way that they approach this like that'll be really interesting to see because there's so many decisions you have to make long term like game to game yeah because you know some of these back-to-backs are not fun right i mean that first uh, back-to-back that you have in january you're leaving chicago that night and then you have uh, a game the next day in houston um that game you know the back-to-back at the end of january you're at utah and then the very next day you have a 730 you know tip with phoenix at home um, so in Dallas, so I, I think some of those will be tricky. Um, I think one of the things too, you mentioned this before we went to the break that, you know, in February we should have KP back and it's like, man, all right, let's do this thing. But I think it's in the flip side of that is all right. Well, if, if KP misses time, it's going to be in January and this is the month you're on the road. The most this, you know, it, you really got to take care of yeah. business without KP and you're on the road. You don't want to dig yourself a hole that's too hard to come out of. No matter how good you think you can be in February with a healthy KP and you're at home, it it does put a big focus on this month of January. It'll be huge for them. Yeah, it'll definitely be big. So, all right, that's the schedule. We'll learn more about it and, you know, we'll see. Predict everything. We'll predict later. all the games. So, Okay. Trey Burke spoke to the media today, media, Mavs Media Day, and I want to just remind everyone about Trey Burke because he's a signing that didn't come with much fanfare. It didn't seem like fans were really that excited to bring Trey Burke. It was kind of a boring signing, and I think fans fans really like to see new players, right? You, you just get obsessed with new players, which I totally get. Trey Burke was a new player in the bubble, and we didn't expect much from him, and this guy came out and had that crazy 30-point game at the beginning of the bubble, and then he started game four, had 25 points, for the Mavericks when they beat the Clippers in game four. I mean, that was absolutely a huge, huge moment. And he really stepped up to it. And he's coming back and he made the Mavericks like a number one priority for him to come back. This is a big signing. Like we we talked about, we were talking about this before. I think that, you know, we think, oh, Tyrell Terry can come in and replace, you know, Seth. But Trey Burke's probably going to replace his scoring. He's not going to replace his shooting necessarily, but he's going to come in and he's going to be the one to help replace some of that scoring. Yeah, you know, you calculated it up since, you know, 
2017, he's been a 38% three point shooter. And you know, you might look at that and be like, all right, well, Seth is, you know, 40% three point shooter. He's so much better of a shooter than Trey Burke. Trey can, you know, probably penetrate a little bit better. It's not like, you know, Seth is that much of a better shooter than Trey. He, I mean, he is, I, I want to you know say that, <laughs> but I, I think it, I think it has been overlooked a little bit. I mean, we, I wasn't considering Trey to be back going to the off season just because I thought, like he would be priced out by somebody else. I thought he had that big of games in the bubble and that big of moments in the bubble that another good team out there would say, hey, we want you to be our standalone backup point guard getting 20 minutes a night, whatever it is. And whether that was on the table for him or not, we don't know. He wanted to be back in Dallas. And he had a quote you know, today of saying how much that he, Dallas was number one for him uh, coming in or or in the free agency. So coming up right now, you can hear Trey Burke actually say that. I think the system fits my game. Um, I think, you know, the personnel um, from coach all the way to the last player on the bench, uh, I feel comfortable here. Um, and I think the bubble experience kind of solidified that for me. When I left, I started thinking about, you know, what was next for me, um, you know, what, type of situation that I want to stay in or what type of situation that I want to go to. And Dallas was always number one because I felt like um, Coach Carlisle, first and foremost, trusts me. Um, he believes in me. And when you have a head coach that believes in you, you know, I feel like that's half the, half the battle. The other half is actually going out there and producing. So that was always com- comfort for me is knowing that I had a, a head coach and a whole coaching staff in my corner that knew what I could do and knew the value that I brought to this team. So I always kept that in mind. And uh, when it was time to negotiate, um, you know, the business side of things, I told my agent that I told him that realistically, I want to stay in Dallas. We know that it's a business and I know how things go, but um, they're priority number one. And we were able to make it happen. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be back. I think that's interesting. His comment about the coach, like believing yeah. in you. That's such a big thing for so many players, right? We talked, we talked yesterday about Tim Hardaway Jr. and how starting and coming off the bench and being known as a, you know, guaranteed starter was such a big deal for him. And now, you know, that, that goes hand in hand with this, that the coach trusts you, right? The coach trusts you to be that kind of a starter, that kind of a player. And since he had the coach's trust with Rick Carlisle, which we've learned over the years is sometimes really hard to get, right? Like, especially for a guard like yeah. that. Uh, the fact that he had that, I think it's huge. Yeah, I mean, you. I feel like we've seen that, you know, with Seth. When Seth came back the second time, he was like, man, I had my best moments here in, in Dallas, and I fit into the system, and they believed in me and all this stuff, and that's the reason he came back. And then we sent him packing. Time. And then we're like, <laughs> see you later, you're going. Uh, did you know that he's teamed up with his father-in-law in Philly? Oh, I don't, I don't know. If I read that today you, on the athletic. You read that today? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, but like and like Tim Hardaway, I mean, Tim Hardaway comes in, he has his like best season. So like for Trey Burke, you know, he he looked at that. He felt comfortable in the system in Dallas. And I yeah, I tweeted out and like that was my favorite quote from him about his you know about coming back to Dallas was that's half the battle of your coach believing in you and just hearing him talk about how like, you know, having these people in your corner and having coach in your corner. And it's like, you know, that they're, you know, they're rooting for you. And I, yeah, I love that. And it's cool seeing, and I'm, I'm super happy Trey's back. He's a blast to cover and uh, he's super, super smart too, just breaking down the game. And yeah, I like Trey Burke. 
Yeah, he had a lot of interesting things to say, you know, especially considering, you know, somebody asked him a question about how, you know, his defense and he had really pesky defense and he was like the next thing for and they asked how he can improve. And this is something we've been bringing up with pretty much every player because it's the emphasis in training camp is defense. And he said, the thing that I need to improve is to to be smarter, you know, and to know what offenses are going to try to do to think about offense and to scout offenses as if I'm you know, going against them defensively. And, and he mentioned Chris Paul in that mentioned he mentioned Chris Paul. And he also, you know, talked about, yeah, I think he's have I think he's having a moment in his career where he's kind of he's maturing. Right. You can see a lot of like maturing being done in him. Uh, and maybe those thoughts were there before. We just didn't know because we hadn't talked about not talked to him as much. But he seems like he's really taking that this next step. Dallas is a place where he can you know settle and he feels he has the coach's trust. He's not going out and having to like prove to anybody but now he now he can settle in and actually improve his game right he doesn't just have to prove that he can play he can improve his play Ooh, i felt i felt that one i felt i felt good with that <laughs> you can quote me on that one. he also i thought something i don't think we were gonna put this in the pod but he went he explained everything about his covid experience too you know because you know trey had mm. tested positive for, you know covid heading into the bubble and just his whole experience with that. And he said he's in quarantine for three, four weeks and how he kept on tested positive and, and how, you know, Brad asked him a question on this. Brad's probably writing about this. So go read it whenever it comes out. But he asked him a question about how other players on the team asking. And he's like, have other players been asking you advice on or like how, what his experience was about and just all of that. And he said they had, especially when he got to the bubble and, you know, different teammates asking him stuff about it. So um, I thought that was just very insightful to hear just the process that he went through with COVID and just to hear him articulate that and stuff. And uh, it was, it was big. Yeah. I think that that, that was interesting. Um, yeah. He also, yeah, that, that whole p- point about him dealing with COVID, there's also this whole part about it where he was talking about his desperation to get back on a team. He wasn't on an NBA team for about four months. And he talked about changing his diet. He talked about doing all the things to, to, you know, the hunger that he had to get back on a team. And we saw a different Trey Burke in the bubble yeah. than we had before. And I think part of that desperation was there. And so hopefully he he's figured out some kind of way to channel that and to to recapture that that hunger and that I that you know that feeling because man, he was different. He was a different player in the bubble. Uh, and Trey Burke is not, you know, he's not going to be a hundred percent player. He's, he's like, you know, you're 25% player, but that 25% when he brings it can be really good. That can be a 30 point game. That can be a 25 point game in the playoffs. Right. Um, so yeah. just expectations for him, but it's not like we're saying he's going to come out and I've seen some people say, Oh, can he replace Tim Hardaway as a starter? Like, I don't, I don't think that's going to be what, what he's going to do, but he's going to be an awesome six man. And hopefully he, him and Jalen Brunson can like, destroy second units the way that Mavs benches have in the past with, you know, like Berea and Devin Harris, the ice climbers. And Devin, yeah. Th- that's the thing. It's like JJ's more of the quarterback. He's going to manage the game at that backup point spot when Burke's going to play more of that Seth Curry role of going off said screens. JJ, but you meant getting... Okay, yeah, yeah. Y'all get it. You understand what he's saying. But JJ's still on the uh, team, though, to... so that, that was why I was confusing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, Trey Burke's back to wearing number three, college number, yeah. Michigan, uh, I know that uh, means a lot to him, but he had a quote about James Johnson that I thought was so telling about James because we all hear everything and we read everything about James Johnson, but to hear a teammate of his on the like first day of scrimmages, this is another thing to point out that today was the first day of, of scrimmages and Burke said that, hey, there's a lot of teaching that happened today. Carla did a lot of teaching defensively <laughs> today, uh, but 
somebody asked him about James Johnson and just what he like means to the team and the impact James has already. I think we have that clip where Trey is talking about just Johnson and his leadership. This is about James Johnson. This is a guy that we all know he's an MMA fighter. Just your thoughts on that. I told him he's going to have to give me some of those tips, man. I, first, first day, I told him I, I'm trying to get some some practice on the side. He, he said he got me. But, nah, he – from day one, man, he been, he's been very vocal. Um, you could tell, you know, a leader is just who he is. Um, he goes out of his way to make sure he's helping, you know, not only the rookies but guys that's been here. And uh, that goes to show a lot about your character, you know, to be able to come in and not care um, about what others think. Um but to continue to be yourself and to be that leader, to, to tell guys what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear, we're going to need that from him all year. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we're all glad to have you. Yeah, that's, Let's go. that's a huge quote. That's, what I, that, that's like top three favorite quote of Media Week so far for me right there. That whole line of he's going to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. I mean, we could go all day on this, like how we all need a James Johnson in, your, in our lives. Like we all need friends in our life that you, if you, if all of your friends in your little bubble that you live in just agree with you and tell you and, you know, and look like you and do everything like you do and will never tell you what you're doing wrong, then you're doing life wrong. Okay. We all need James Johnson uh, in our life. Okay. Uh, figuratively or whatever you <laughs> use of that. I would love James Johnson to be in my life, but, uh, <laughs> It, I just love that quote. Just the fact that day one, James Johnson is already the, a vocal leader, stepping on the court and telling, oh, sign me up. Yeah, the, this is what the Mavericks need. Yeah, the leader, you can tell that a leader is who he is. That's what Trey Burke said, and I thought that that was interesting. Uh, and I, I can't imagine that they've had much interaction, right? It has to have been just from today, right? Like, you know, yeah, just from I mean, today was the first day that they could all like be together and scrimmage together right. on the court. Right. So, all right, coming up. Today, as in Friday. Yeah, yeah you're Friday, if you listen to this, whenever. Uh, all right, coming up. Hear from James Johnson on toughness, teaching toughness, and uh, the Mavericks. Their goal. We'll hear about James. We'll hear from James Johnson about the Mavericks' goal, realistic goal, winning a title. Hear from that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's hear from him. This is James Johnson asked about how he can teach toughness to this Mavericks team that is so wimpy and needs some toughness just injected into it in every facet. Sarcasm. You know, you just got you, – that's not something you can teach. It's not something you can be coached on or anything like that. That's something that you just got to develop within yourself. Um, one thing about this team, though, is I didn't see no backing down. When I, when I was watching games, I didn't see no backing down from any of them. At all, and that's it. That's that's what you need. I can work with that. You can have heart. That's all you need. But I don't think they needed an enforcer like me to come in to enforce stuff. Like Luca takes care of himself, right? And that's one of the most reasons I respect about him more than his game is that he's able to stand up and and, and to fight for himself if needed. But how the rest of the guys took took it um took that challenge on and accepted that and looked after Luca. That's just part of who I am, and it's just part of something I want to be. About. He was so ready for that question. He he was <laughs> yeah. so prepared and ready for that question. He was waiting for it. I'm sure he's seen the talk online. He may have read an article or whatever about it. May have listened to the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. If you are, James, welcome to Dallas. Appreciate you listening. Loyal listener. Hey, I, w- I welcomed you to Dallas today, James. I talked to you on the media thing, so I asked you a question. <laughs> um, he was so ready for that question. You could just tell that he had he is prepared, that he wanted to specifically mention that Luca doesn't need protecting, which is something that we've talked about on this show, that it's not about that. It's not necessarily that Luca needs a protector, but it's just that 
you don't want those kind of that like the shenanigans and the things to continue. And so you want somebody to, you know, lay down a hard foul or to, you know, you don't want a team to have the mentality that they can pull something, something over you. You know what I mean? It was never about Luca. Like, I know a lot of people are like, have taken the everything over the past like week or so about, uh, is it like this is a shot at Luca that he can't take? Over? It was never about that. Like, Luca could be the biggest guy in the room and everything. Like, it's the fact that if you have a bet, like, whoever your best player is on your team, it's just like, I know we go back to this, it's just like having your quarterback in the NFL. You're going to tell me some of these guys, some of these quarterbacks in the NFL can't take care of themselves sometimes? Yeah, they can. But you also want to have guys that will have their back too. And they're guys that will get down the trenches with you and will take up for you and they'll take a flag and all of that. Like it's not, it was never about Luca and the fact that like he can't take up for himself. But I love that James said that because that was a reinforcement. That was a praise to Luca and lifting Luca up that, hey, I love that about him because he doesn't back down and Luca doesn't. I mean, Some of that Marcus Morris stuff, I mean, he didn't just like walk away. He got up and I mean, it was the hold me back stuff and all that. But <laughs> Luca will bark and get in some people's face. I mean, what was it? Game one this past season, Bradley Beal. They had some barking and stuff back and forth. And that was a lot of fun. So Luca doesn't back down. Oh, and now Bradley Beal has Russell Westbrook in his corner. <laughs> That'll be interesting. I love that Brad Bill said about John Wall today that he's like, hey, I'm happy for him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he went off to a, a situation that's uh, that's better. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> better for him, I guess. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it says more about James, what he thinks about James Harden. Maybe he really likes James Harden. But yeah, I think hey, that I mean, the, the James Johnson saying that, you know, the thing that he respects about Luca, you know, more so than like his game is the way that he carries himself and handles himself. thought that that was great quote yeah we're excited about james johnson think that he can bring a lot to this team uh speaking of which you know the mavericks have talked about their goal is to win a championship and i think that we've we've heard from the front office that their realistic goal is to make the second round but it sounds like internally mavericks are talking about a championship and here's james johnson saying if that's a realistic goal this team has said that championship is the goal what does that mean to you and how much does that excite you that that's what their goal is for the season it's, it's a realistic goal, you know. Anybody can say that, that that's the goal. I think that's every NBA team's goal. But when when you you hear Dallas saying that, you know it's realistic. There it is, short and sweet. It's realistic. The Mavericks could win a title this year. That's pretty wild to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I honestly, I didn't expect them to say anything different. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they will. I mean, I mean, I think they will have that as a goal because. When you have somebody like Luca, a top five player in the league, and you made it to the playoffs last year, that was kind of step one. Uh, I know a lot of us want to say, you know, all the natural step, you know, next step is making playoff again. Can you make it another round? But you know what? Teams with young superstars, aka look at that OKC Thunder team. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they had, you know, two or three guys that were uh, eventual all MVPs of the league, but. A young team like that, they kind of, you know, surpass expectations pretty early on too. And that normally only happens when you have a young generational type talent like a Luka Doncic or a Kevin Durant. And so it's not unrealistic. I don't want to put it out there and everybody be like, that's what it's, you know, that's it. That's what it is. But it's not unrealistic at the same time. We're, Dallas is in that sweet spot still for me. It's the sweet spot of like, hey, if they don't make it to the to the finals, but they advance to the second round, it's still a success in my opinion. It's like, all right, cool. Like, this is awesome, especially considering like if they're healthy and all that. Now we advance another year and it's like, all right, then the expectations keep on getting higher and 
then it gets a little whatever. But we're in a sweet spot right now, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely a sweet spot. And uh, it's enjoyable. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this season, hopefully. While we can. <laughs> While we can. Yeah, for sure. All right. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, actually. The Mavericks are bringing out Josh Green and Willie Colley Stein to talk to us. So we will hear from them. We'll have audio on the pod, and we'll have another pod tomorrow. So be back tomorrow. Subscribe if you're not. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Second place, of course, is the I just walked in on my mother-in-law changing into her swimsuit dodecahedron. Does my face look like it's in the mood for shape-based jokes? No, Roy, it does not. But in my defense, it rarely does.